Welcome. Glad to be back with you guys today. Today we are here with a few of my favorite people. One is my actual mom, Jennifer Campbell. <laughs> and we have Miss Margaret, and she is a, a spiritual mom as well. Hello, ladies. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Hello. We're doing very well. I'm doing good. Well, we're glad you're here today. We just want to, uh, as we walk through what's happening, just want to spend some time asking you guys some questions. And uh, uh, I want to start off with uh, Miss Margaret. Margaret, um, tell me, how are you doing in the midst of this as a wife, as a pastor, leader in the city, mom? How are you doing in the midst of all this? Thank you, Cassidy. Really appreciate you doing this. And uh, also appreciate uh, Jennifer also and uh, your dad and uh, the partnership, you know, we have mm -hmm. with Mosaic House of Prayer. And uh, we are not on this journey alone. And uh, thank God that we are, you know, together in it, you know, uh, in this journey. Now, going to your question, when all this, you know, started, the COVID-19, then in, initially it seemed as if, well, this is going to go away. It's one of those things. But as time progressed, uh, we realized that, you know, this is not, you know, um, going away soon. And uh, I began to reflect as a pastor, um, a minister, what this is all about. And uh, I began to ask God, what is this all about? And uh, the Lord began to minister to me that it is time to get into the closet. It is time to pray. It is time to you know, uh, draw closer to me. It's time that I need your full attention. It's time to get off, you know, business as usual and uh, come into the closet with me. And uh, that was exactly what I began to do. That it's time to really sit at the feet of Jesus because at the beginning of the year, the Lord, you know, um, was string to us our 40 days fast and it is on the subject of one thing and i realized that the lord is serious he wants to be our one thing mm -hmm. and uh as uh, a minister i realized that we have the responsibility also um to shepherd the people and minister to the people yeah. and but i realized my first shepherding shepherding responsibility is to my family you know mm -hmm. my husband and my children and grandchildren mm -hmm. and um began to make calls and um see how everybody's doing taking care of everybody you know uh, praying with everybody, encouraging mm. everybody, and then the people of God. So mm, mm, it mm. has been really, you know, been a, a journey, but I believe it's a good journey. Mm. It's a good journey for all of us yeah, to locate good. ourselves and locate 
our walk with God where we are. Mm. Mom, what about you? What's it been like for you uh, in the midst of all of this? Well, I think I come at it from a little bit different aspect because Randy is so immunosuppressed as a transplant patient. So in the very beginning, I was really unhappy uh, with the, the crazy fear that was going around everywhere because he lives his life like this all the time. The flu could kill him at any time. Uh, he's not supposed to be around small children. He's not supposed to be around anybody sick um, because any of these things could kill him. But we've lived our lives the last 25 years trusting and believing God for his life. Yes, we do the things that they're having people do now. We wash our hands. We don't eat after one another. We're very, very careful there. And so for me, I was really upset with, I felt like the media hype on, we shouldn't be afraid. And so then the Lord got my attention and, uh, just really began to show me that my role is to love people where they are in the midst of their fear, in the midst of the craziness. And then I came to the uh, agreement with Margaret that I really felt like the Lord was saying, I'm hemming in my people to find me. And the only place that we can get rid of fear is through knowing God's love. So perfect love casts out fear. So if I'm not going to be afraid, then I've got to get a greater revelation of his love for me. And I can't do that on the run. You know, everything we do here is on the run. It's instant. It's get it now. I mean, even Amazon, I've gotten so used to order it and it's here in a day or two. And everything is instant. But that's not the way the Lord works. You know, we have to have a history in him. We have to spend time with him. We can't give him on the run. And I think so often today in our world, we're telling people, and, and even as I do, it's it's not bad instructions of, of trying to put your mind on the Lord wherever you are. When you're driving back and forth to your job, when you're in the car, those 30-second prayers, and all those things count. But nothing, absolutely nothing, can take the place of my time one-on-one -on -one in my closet with the Lord. And that's what I believe the Lord is, is, is trying to do with His bride. The, the part about it that is a, an interesting part is then we have to choose. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do? Mm -hmm. He's taken away all these outward things, but will I choose Him still? I saw the funniest thing on Facebook. I loved it. And it said something like, I always say my house is never clean because I never have the time to clean it. But now I'm home and I have all the time in the world. So I realize that's not the reason I'm not cleaning my house. <laughs> and it's the same way with the Lord. We can still be in our homes with our children, with our families, doing minimal things. But we fill it with busyness and not with sitting at the feet of the Lord. So I believe that it is a great opportunity for us as the bride of Christ to sit with the Lord and hear, what are you saying to me? Mm. You know, not sitting in our closet begging him to get rid of this virus. Yes, we're asking him to do that. But we don't want things to go back to business as usual. Yeah. 
we believe that God is saying this is a new day and the only way we're going to make it through our lives is to know him and what he's saying and how much he loves us. Mm, so good. So can I, sorry, can yeah. I give you something there? Um, one of the things, you know, um, the Lord also ministered to me is this, that it's not about the COVID-19. It's not about all the hype and everything, the focus. But it's, he is using that to draw his bride, you know, to himself. He's using that that we might focus, that we might shift. It's a shift, you know, trying to catch our attention and shift our focus to him, who is our bridegroom. Hmm. And in shifting our focus to him, what he wants to do, he wants to prepare himself a bride that is spotless, a bride that he will use to fulfill his divine purpose here on earth. That's mm, good, Ms. Barnett. So what would you say that you're seeing, how would you say the church has been responding through all this? Um, the way the church is responding it's it's a wake-up call i would say it's like the lord is saying it's waking up the church to our responsibility knowing who he is and also knowing who she is that we are the bride of Christ. So the, 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 the shift is to catch the bride's attention. Hmm. And that's, you know, the way the church is responding to it right now is this. When you look at Second uh, Chronicles 7, 14, the church realized that this is, you know, not ordinary. This is a sign of the end, the last days, the sign of his coming. And if that, if that is the case, then the bride must come to that place where she realized that she has gone away from her bridegroom mm, and yeah. it's time to return. That's why Second Chronicles 7, 14 uh, from 13 the Lord said, if I shut off the heaven and there is no rain and I send pestilence in the land, say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. So right now, I believe God is bringing us to the place of repentance and the place of humbling ourselves, taking us off pride, self-sufficiency, you know, taking us off, you know, um, our self you know, um, dependency that we might begin to depend on him. He says, when we really turn from our wicked ways and turn to him, then he will heal our land. He will forgive our sins and mm. he will heal our land. So I believe that the church, we're supposed to be responding to God in brokenness. Brokenness, 
not because he's a mean father, not because he's going to slam us, not because he's going to punish us, but because he loves us and he, he wants us to be with him. He wants us to be close to him. He wants to love on us. So I believe that, you know, the way the church is responding right now is number one, number two, um, the church also being humble, humility. Number three, also the church reaching out to each other, you know, loving God and loving each other, you know, reaching out to each other and uh, caring for each other and also caring for the community. Yeah, so good. Right now uh, is a time for connection and kindness, right? Connection and kindness yes. with one another. So, yes. Mom, how would you say you've seen the church respond during this time? Well, I think it's been interesting. Uh, I think that uh, a lot of churches have had a difficult time trying to figure out what their role is in this. But what I see coming out of it is how can we help serve what's going on through the stay home order? Uh, I got a thing the other day. One church has uh, got their whole church, and it's a large church, to start making masks. For the hospitals, they've gotten a design that because the hospitals are in need of masks. And uh, so that's one way. Another way is uh, churches have uh, started drive through where you can drive through for prayer and somebody will pray for you. Another uh, creative thing I saw that was really good was one church circled the hospital at night in their cars and turned their lights on and just prayed for the people in the hospital, the people that were sick, but not only the sick people, the doctors and the nurses and the healthcare workers and their families. So I think what it's doing is it's helping the church to move outside the box, you know, outside of our, our normal ideas of what we're doing. And it's, it's, uh, it's not building our churches. It's building our lives. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. So often, we do things, and they bring people into our church, and it's a way of uh, getting your name of your church out, and that's not what's happening. I really believe the church, the universal church, the church, the, the body of Christ is working together in all different ways, uh, coming together to see how do we serve and love during these days, and I believe that that is uh, 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 a template that the Lord wants us to have in the upcoming days because this is a pandemic it's not an epidemic and there's a difference this is uh, we're trying to minimize what can take place but there's going to be much greater things come that we are going to find as the body of Christ. If we'll listen to the Lord, he'll give us creative ways to serve the Lord in the situation. And I believe that's what I see the church coming more and more together to do. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I see is it's weaning people away from a Sunday morning experience. You know, so often in America, our churches are a Sunday morning 
and people go and they they go to church on a Sunday morning and that's the extent of their involvement in church and they're letting the pastor uh, give them the word they're not seeking for themselves and I believe God has put a hold on that and he's giving people ways to find their place to fit no matter if this church is doing this, then they can so they do that. If they can get in a car and pray, they do that. So I believe what it's doing is it's moving us outside of the walls of the church, and we don't even realize it. Yeah, that's that's so good. You know, Miss Margaret said something that really moved me, and uh, uh, you said right now is our time to respond and brokenness and as you said that i was like the lord just reminded me that um you know right now is the time to respond in brokenness not busyness and i know as a lot of worship pastors and pastors and ministry leaders right now uh we're we're shuffling to find our footing of lord how do we uh serve you how do we serve the people in our congregation and in our community and and what's the best way to do that and then uh, mom you said you know something that i loved uh when you said uh, we're not just now is the time that we're not just building our church right we're actually being the church, that this is the time yeah. we actually get to be the church. And, yeah, you know, I think right now we're at a place to where uh, we're finding uh, footing in many ways. And, you know, I, I definitely uh, meant for those who are fighting for our legal rights as churches to uh, do what it is that we legally have the right to do, uh, man, praise God, right? But on the other hand, I also say that um, what, Mom, you were saying, that being the church is very different than just from having a meeting at the church. And yes. there, there's something very uh, uh, organic that the Lord, we've been watching the Lord do in this last year or two years, that He is calling the Bride of Christ to be family. First, to be family with the Father, that we're the Father's sons and daughters, and then how to be family together. And, and I think that that message is the church is responding uh, pretty well, I think, in the, this hour. And uh, I, I heard, uh, this is about 45, 50 days ago, I was listening to uh, uh, someone share and uh, they were asking, it was a podcast, and they were asking a pastor who had gone through a shooting how their congregation dealt with it. And one of the things that the pastor says is he said, you know, it is amazing what happens to the church, the bride of Christ, when she comes up against hardship. It's mm -hmm. amazing to see what actually happens and that we need to have more hope in the church and the bride of Christ today just because we don't see her actively working sometimes, that God is working and perfecting in her. And I think this is one of those moments uh, for sure. Uh, Miss Margaret, what would you say um, that you're hearing the Father say uh, right now in the midst of all this to believers? Um, the very first thing I would say that I heard clearly the Father saying is we need to come back to the foot, to his feet. We need to come back. We have left our first love. And uh, we have just been 
too busy. We have scheduled God out of our lives. Mm. We have um, pursued other things rather than pursuing God. And God is using this to say, come back to me. I love you. I'm your father. I want you. I want you to be with me. You belong here. First and foremost, you belong you belong to my heart first before you work for me. Before all this ministry, you know, things that you do. Because aside outside of me, you can't even do ministry. So I just believe God is calling us back to his heart, hmm. to the heart of the Father. And um, I believe that also God is using this time to really get us off this mindset of church, like my sister said. Hmm. You know, we have this mindset that church is a building. Church is not a building. Mm -hmm. Church is the people of God, the ecclesia, the called out. So that we have used the church thing to disguise that we are not the we are not the church anymore. Mm -hmm. So we are now, you know, it is all religion. It's all about religion. But God is saying at uh -uh, this time, it's not about religion, but it's about relationship with me. So I yeah. I believe that God is shutting down our busy life and pulling us back to himself. Yeah. And, um, Margaret, let me ask you, clarify something for me. When you say, you know, right now it's, it's, uh, you know, it's about relationship, uh, not religion, you know, and that it's right now we have so much religion. What do you mean by that? Like, because, you know, what do you mean when you when you say that? Define what how because you know some pastors might say, well you you know or most people would say, I'm not religious, <laughs> I'm not doing uh, anything out of old law or religion. What do you what speak to that? Okay, what I mean by being religious or you know. Uh, getting off religion and getting into relationship with God. Number one, to realize that God is our heavenly father, okay? And whatever we do, we do it out of love and not out of uh, necessity. You know, we're, we're doing it to please, we're wanting to please our father by the things we do. And so that we are caught up with that instead of spending time with him, spend, knowing his heart, who, you know, knowing him, knowing his heart and ministering out of the place of love for him hmm. instead of out of the place of um activity and the place of uh, uh, wanting to please him but we are truly connected to his heart we know him so yeah. i mean that is our motivation of doing what we do it's about him and yeah. him alone yeah 
That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Mom, um, what would you say that you hear uh, the Father saying right now to the church? Well, because we do Mosaic House of Prayer, our whole idea is that God has made it very clear. He says, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. But when he's talking about his house, it's interesting how people interpret that verse. And many people think it means the church. Many people think it means literally a house of prayer like we are, Mosaic House of Prayer. But I believe that what the Lord is saying is, first of all, as Margaret was saying, I am the church. I am the temple. The Holy Spirit dwells within me. So to begin with, first of all, I have to be a house of prayer. Mm-hmm. myself, but also my family, in my home, I need to establish a house of prayer. And I believe that we have gotten away from being the church ourselves, that mm-hmm. we're going to a building. So we expect to go to church and we pray at church. Mm-hmm. And our kids go to Sunday school maybe, and they pray with their Sunday school teacher or whatever, but I believe I hear the Lord saying so clearly, we must establish our homes as houses of prayer. We must go back to the old altar in our homes where we pray together as families, not just sit down and bless our food. And even people that do that is rare. It's it's not the norm, but that we really sit down and pray with our children, that we sit down and and take some time to teach our children how to listen for God and then come together after some silence of listening for God and hear what everybody's hearing. Mm. God wants, as Margaret said, he wants relationship with us. And yes, we do have his word and he tells us many things to do in his word. But I have ministered to children in Indonesia, in Zimbabwe, in America. And when you minister to these children and you teach them how to hear the voice of God, and they hear God himself whisper to them, I love you, it changes their lives. I've asked, I interviewed a kid in Indonesia one time and I said, and I knew this young boy very well. I stayed in his home with his parents and uh, and when he heard the Lord say, I love you, I asked him, I said, Sammy, but hasn't your mom and dad told you that God loved you? And he said, well, yes. And I said, well, hadn't your Sunday school teacher told you that God loves you? And he said, well, yes. And I said, and haven't you even read in the Bible that God loves you? And he said, yes. And I said, so why was it so different when you heard God say he loved you? Mm-hmm. And he just got the biggest grin on his face. And he said, because he was saying it to me, Miss Jennifer. And I believe that God is saying to us in this hour, we have got to be listening in our homes as a family, teaching our children. We have got to be establishing our own houses of prayer so that we can hear what is the Lord saying. Because as Margaret says, God is giving my family instructions that he may not be giving someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, just as I was saying earlier, somebody's supposed to be making masks and somebody's supposed to be praying for the people that need the mask. You know, the assignments are different. And so we can't depend on what someone else is hearing for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. 
got to take this moment because God is trying to show us I want to speak to you directly. And we've gotten so far away from that. We've let our pastors and our Sunday school teachers and prophets or whatever whatever vein you're in tell us what the Lord is saying. And I believe the Lord is saying it is time to hear my voice. The word is very clear. It says, my sheep know my voice, and they follow me. I've got to be listening to the voice of my shepherd to know the way to go Mm. and to know the instructions for me. But bigger than the instructions are what Margaret was talking about. He wants to tell me he loves me so much more than he wants to tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. I will hear the voice of the Lord louder than any other voice, then that's where I'm so filled up with his love for me that everything I'm doing is out of love, not out of duty, not because it's what I should do, but it's because I can't help but do Hmm. what the Father is asking me to do because I love him. So I believe that God is saying to us, we have got to turn our homes and our hearts into houses of prayer and listen to the word of the Lord over us, because it is good. He's not mad at us. He's not trying to uh, tell us what we've done wrong. He's trying to tell us how much he loves us. And we can get a revelation of that. And then there's nothing that I won't do for him. So we've got to know who he is and how much he loves us before we can ever. He doesn't need us to do anything. He just needs us to be with him. And out of that will come everything else. Can I add something to that? Um, One of the things the Lord spoke to me about is also, you know, in line with what Jennifer said, you know, he says, raise me an altar, build me an altar. First and foremost, we have the altar of our lives and then we have the altar of the family. And he's calling also the priesthood of the home to arise and take the priestly responsibilities of their home. Like Jennifer said, gathering the family, the wife and children together, you know. An altar is a place, a meeting place with the Lord. Because we discover in most of our homes, because of the busyness of life, there is no altar. So, and I believe that God is saying it's time to raise an altar for me in the homes. A place where we, I can meet with you and you mm-hmm. can meet with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Margaret, I want you to take uh, a few minutes and I want you to directly speak to believers what's on your heart one of the first thing i want us to know is that god loves us i want you to know that god loves you and no matter what is going on around us and going on in the world today his love for us has not changed And because of that, like Jennifer said in the beginning, perfect love cast out all fear. 
So we're not supposed to be afraid. We're not supposed to be afraid of the pandemic. So I want to encourage us from the word of God. If you look at the scripture, so many times that the Bible will say, fear not, fear not. And I believe the Lord is saying to us at this time, I love you, fear not. And because I love you, I'm going to take care of you. And the other thing I want to say, as he's speaking that, you know, Psalm 91 became so, um, so powerful to me. It says, they that dwell, he that dwells in the sacred place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow. God has made provision already. So God has made provision for us, protection, covering, and that's why Jesus went to the cross. The victory of the cross is already available. And he says, we have to come, we have the responsibility to dwell in the sacred place. And we have the responsibility to abide. We cannot get outside of his covering. And lastly, I will say this, that I'm going to read um, from Psalm 46 from verse 1. Psalm 46 is a long verse, just 10. It says, Be still and know that I am God. I just want to address us directly. The Lord is saying this is the time to be still and know that He is God. He says, I will be exalted amongst the hidden. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So I want to encourage us. This is the time for the church. This is the time for us as believers not to be afraid to know that God is with us. And also it's time for to arise and shine. For our light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon us. Even though darkness covers the whole earth and gross darkness, the people, but the light of God, we are that light. Yes. We will shine in this time. Amen. Yes. Amen. Mom, take three minutes and speak to the hearts of believers. Well, I agree with Margaret as far as this is now a time not to fear, but it's an interesting day to live in because if we understand that we have a Father who loves us and we're not on our own, then it's amazing what we can do because we believe in Him. You know, we're, we're living in America today where we believe in our, our own ingenuity, our own ability to uh, be creative and to uh, uh, administrate things well. And we've really gotten away from the idea that it's God alone who brings the blessings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have come to believe in America that our success as Americans is come from ourselves. And I believe that it's time to humble ourselves. Amen. Of that and go back and say, Lord, whatever success we have, it's only because of you that we must give God the credit 
for all that he's done in our nation, but that it is now a time for us to return to him. Amen. really been touched by a prayer that Abraham Lincoln wrote. It was he he uh, declared a national day of prayer and and basically just to to put it in a nutshell, he said it's time for us to realize that we must get back to believing that the only nations that are blessed are those that God blesses because we're living under His rule and reign. And so we don't need to go back to the law. We need to go back to the Father. And if we go back to the Father and understand who He is, then we can trust Him for anything. And the scripture that I would speak to believers today, I, I want to read it. It's Everybody knows it. It's Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. But I want to read it out of the Passion Translation because I love how it says it. It says, Listen, Jacob, to the one who created you to the one who shaped who you are. Do not fear, for I, your kinsman redeemer, will rescue you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the deep stormy sea, you can count me to be there with you. When you pass through raging rivers, you will not drown. When you walk through persecution like fiery flames, you will not be burned. The flames will not harm you. For I am your Savior, Yahweh, your mighty God, the Holy One of Israel. And I would say to believers today, we must understand who He is and that He is our kinsman redeemer and He is our rescuer. And as we come into more and more towards the return of Christ, there are going to be many things that come against us. But when we know whose we are, when we know who He is, We have nothing to fear. We can trust in Him. We don't have to trust in ourselves. We don't have to trust in our president. We don't have to trust in our political system. We don't have to trust in our economic system. We don't have to trust in our jobs. We just have to trust in Him. And I believe this is our finest hour to learn who He really is and trust Him. Mm, Thank you so much. Well, Miss Margaret and Mom, thank you so much for today. It's been an amazing uh, time, and I really do appreciate you taking the time to do this and just to speak your voice forward in the generation that we're in right now, but also in the generations that are to come. 